Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, fight fans, to this big fight preview for Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall. This Saturday, great fight. Really looking forward to seeing Josh Taylor back in the ring. And I'm really delighted to have Johnston back for this big fight preview. You've obviously been really busy. Luke has kindly stepped in for you. But you're back for Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall. And I'm going to hand this straight over to you from the off, Johnston, and, and get your initial thoughts on what I think is a fight that, for me, has gone quite under the radar. It has gone under the radar and, and um, Sky Sports are doing well to try and plug it. Uh, they've had their uh, their discussion, the gloves are off thing, which I, I did sort of uh, uh, cast my beady eye over. Um, it's quite an interesting watch just to see how the fighters are uh, preparing for this fight. And I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a fight that initially when, when it was made, I was, I, I was, it took me Sort of by left side, really, because I was I was a bit like, why is Jack Catterall getting the opportunity? And I hadn't really done my homework, so you know I have done that now, and and I've gone back and I've seen that that Catterall did step aside for the Ramirez Taylor fight. Uh, he was in line to fight Ramirez, didn't didn't obviously take the fight. He allowed Josh to have to go through all the marbles, which he did, and obviously went on to win. We'll discuss that, but and then there was the, obviously the injury, which I knew about, which so the fight should have happened around what was I think it was December 2021. So um, I was probably a bit harsh, sort of saying why has, why has Jack got this opportunity, but he has been patient. So um, it's nice to have uh, actually done a bit of homework there and, and realised myself. But that, to be fair though, that had gone really under the radar. I know we had a pandemic and stuff, um, so you know keeping out of boxing wasn't. The, you know, the easy wasn't the main thing on our minds, but look, just just to say that you know, I completely missed that, and it has gone under the radar. Some people didn't even know that. I didn't. I don't know if you knew, Sean, but I didn't necessarily know he did step aside for this uh, for Taylor to fight Ramirez. So good for him, and now he's bided his time. He's got he's got a great opportunity for him. Well, I know Jack worked his way up to fight 
for I think it was the WBA or WBO, and and I forgive me if WBO. WBO, that's the one. I knew he'd I knew he'd got himself into a mandatory position for one of them belts, and it was a case yeah. of, you know, what do you do? Do you take the step aside and let Josh Taylor and Ramirez fight for the titles, with the fact that you're going to get a shot next? I mean, this was the conversation we was having with Anthony Joshua only a few weeks ago. Should he have took the step aside money and gone and waited for the winner of Usyk versus Fury? Now we know that's not happening that way. Jack Catterall did it this way. And fair play to Jack because this is a huge opportunity. There's more titles on the line. It's for all the four major belts. And Jack Catterall's got an opportunity here to really upset the rhythm and the pace of where Josh Taylor's career is at the moment. Josh Taylor at the moment is is one of the most underrated champions across the whole of boxing for me. He doesn't get the credit he deserves and he screams a lot about it on social media to be fair to him. He talks about why am I not being recognised? I'm the only undisputed fighter in Britain at the moment with all the belts. Tyson Fury doesn't have all the belts but yet he gets well regarded more than Josh Taylor does. Uh, it, it is actually quite... Crazy to think that Josh Taylor is not getting the same level of of press and respect that other fighters are. And I think his career has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching him fight. I've really enjoyed watching his progression, the way he's moved through the ranks for all the different challenges he's been through, the World Boxing Super Series, the fight with Ramirez, becoming undisputed champion. I've really enjoyed it. And we're going to go into a little bit of a conversation about these two fighters recent careers and and sort of how we've gotten to this point like we always do and we'll start with Jack Catterall first because for a lot of people listening that may not know who Jack is or only know so much about Jack Jack really hasn't had that marquee standout fight yet and this is this is it for him this is his his shot of glory Looking at his record, looking at the names I remember him being in the ring with, he's he's had some great wins. Early on in his career, he fought Tom Stalker and got a victory over Tom Stalker. He's had the likes of Tyrone McKenna and O'Hara Davis and beat both of them throughout his career. Tyrone Nurse and Martin Gethin are other names that people will know in the UK as as good fighters, good accomplished fighters that, that won titles, domestic titles in their careers. So Jack has worked his way up through through that route, through the traditional route of going through the domestic level to European and up to the world. But the problem he has is he hasn't faced anybody at the level Josh Taylor's at yet. And this is a huge jump up in levels. And I know that's something Josh talks a lot about. And Josh, Josh is very confident in his own ability. He always has been. And some people mistake that for arrogance. I just genuinely believe with him, he's very confident in what he can do. In, in, in the ring and, and what he can achieve throughout his career and so far he's backed everything up but for Jack he hasn't had an opponent like this before who has got the skills and abilities to, to really cause him a lot of problems and my concern with Jack for this fight is that I don't think Jack has that one punch concussive knockout power to be able to keep Josh Taylor off him He's an exceptional boxer, Jack Catterall. Don't get me wrong, he is an exceptional boxer. But there are some fights that I've watched and have seen over the past four or five years where I think, you know, these are not exciting fights to watch. They're not interesting. Yeah, he uses his ability and he does what he needs to do to get the job done. But he's fighting somebody here who's got such a great skill set, which he's not come across before. So it makes me wonder how Jack's going to approach this fight. And I am concerned for how he will be able to keep Josh Taylor at bay throughout the course of this fight. 
looking at his last couple of fights, they've not been, for me, the the right level of step-ups after the McKenna and O'Hara Davis fights. They're not the right step-ups for me. He, he needed bigger step-ups. He needed bigger names, former champions on, the, on his resume for me before he steps in with Josh Taylor this weekend. I really do think experience or a lack of experience is going to be a, a bit of a problem for him. I think that's the major factor, isn't it? I mean, he's fought a lot more rounds than, than Josh. He's had more fights than Josh, but yet he hasn't had nowhere near the level of experience he's fought against. His opponents are, you know, the names that jump out are McKenna and O'Hara Davis. And, you know, for me, O'Hara Davis on that night was just very disappointing against Catrell. Um, it was actually close, quite a close fight, but Catrell coasted through it for me and O'Hara never threw a right hand once. Um, and we see what Josh Taylor did to O'Hara Davis. Look, we can't use an opponent, uh, you know, that's the only opponent they share on their record. And we can't say because Taylor's demolished Davis that, you know, he's going to demolish Catrell. That isn't the case, you know you know, different, completely different style. And, and Catro, as you say, he's a very, very good boxer. He hasn't been tested. He's had, you know, people talk about the gut check, didn't they? That's just the expression used a lot for this fight. He hasn't been gut checked. That's, you know, it, it's the way it is. He, he's not had that level of experience in the ring. So there is question marks raised. If he actually gets hit, what actually happens? Will he recover? Can he recover? Has he got a good chin? Um, there's not really been much asked. And I think Josh Taylor's going to obviously ask all of those questions and we're going to get some answers on Saturday night. The fact is, Jack, is a, he's a southpaw. And he is, as you say, he's a very good boxer. And he does make fights look easy for himself because he's got that about him. You know, he's got Jamie Moore in his corner. He's got a decent established uh, coach there. You know, he's got Kerry Kays, the, the cuts man in there as well. Look, he, he's got a nice team around him and he's trained with Josh. They know each other quite well. So he's going to know maybe little flaws that other fighters may not know. Um, so will he be able to exploit those where other fighters haven't necessarily been able to do that? It's, it's it's just a more of a you look at Jack and you think he's not been tested this is his big big opportunity can he deliver this is the only way we're going to find out is what happens Saturday night but in terms of what he's done at the minute there's nothing there that suggests to me that he's gonna Josh Taylor's career then Johnston as I said earlier has had a a really good step up in levels throughout the course of the last eight, nine fights. I go back to the O'Hara Davis fight as being his coming out party, uh, when I think most of the casual audience started to realise that Josh Taylor is a talent. You know, most of the people that follow boxing, but not hardcore fans, not the ones that watch week in, week out on every card they can. I'm on about the, the people that dip in and out of the sport. They'll have seen Josh beat O'Hara Davis. And then the step up to Miguel Vasquez, then Winston Campos. Victor Posto was another standout night for him. And then he got into the World Boxing Super Series and beat Ryan Martin, Ivan Baranchak, Regis Pagrai in a great final. He had one layup fight that we can consider a layup fight, which was Kong Song, Apinun Kong Song, and he blew him out in one round. People can complain about that one being, you know, not the level that we wanted to see him at. But then in his next fight, in his very next fight, he unifies the whole division, becomes undisputed champion in the super lightweight division by beating the other champion, Jose Carlos Ramirez, in what was a, a great fight over 12 rounds. Really, really great fight. And he dominated that fight. He had Ramirez down in rounds six and seven and shown that he is the boss of the 140-pound division. 
So for now, for him to go into this fight with Catterall, an undefeated fighter, 26-0, will he be overlooking Catterall? Will there be an op will there be a chance that he might overlook Catterall, even though he's undefeated? Will he overlook him because he knows Catterall's not had the experience? Is he too overconfident? Is he looking past him for a potential fight with Terence Crawford? Is he looking at this move up to 147? Is there a chance that that could happen? Or do you think he's just going to be a consummate professional and he, he's going to go in there and he's going to try and make a statement? I think that is the one thing that we can actually look at and suggest that maybe he he is looking beyond that and and um, and he's going to overlook Jack Cattrall. Um, he, he's been quite um, explicit about the fact that he isn't. You know, he, he says that he... he, he there, there might not be as much rivalry between the pair, but he's the consummate professional and he wants to win. And that's just something that's within him. Um, he feels that he's got all the tools to beat Jack Carroll. And he's proved it. I mean, look, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Nero Davis was definitely the coming out party for me. And then, but for, I think that the, the real check for him was the Postal fight. I think Postal hurt him in that fight and he showed he had something. And that, that was a huge learning curve that Josh, Ch Josh Taylor had going into the next fights and into the the uh, the Super Sixes, uh, whatever you call it. The, 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 <laughs> the, the World Boxing Super um, Series. <laughs> the World Boxing Super Series. Completely lost it. Super Six. God. Uh, that was ages ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. To go to beat Martin, it was a pretty easy fight. Ivan Baranchik, great performance uh, for in, in that fight. That was a huge fight. It's the last time he's fought at the SSE as well. Uh, so he's going back with a crowd. And then obviously Pro Great, huge night for him. And even the uh, Consong fight was actually an IBF. The IBF forced him to take that fight before he could fight Ramirez. Um, so look, at the end of the day, that was his uh, mandatory. So although it was uh, an absolute layup for him, he, he, he was forced to take that fight if he wanted to fight Ramirez for all the belts and obviously catch a step aside. Look, there's so much that Josh has done and you're right, he doesn't really get the respect, but he is the best fighter around in Britain at the minute. I don't think there's anyone better than him. People may say Tyson Fury, but not for me. I mean, Josh Taylor is, is head and shoulders. Uh, honest to God, in terms of his ability, he is so close to going in to that next level. Um, he's already, uh, you know, undisputed champion, but he could move up in weight and he could do some magnificent things in, for the sport. I think he, at the end of it, at the end of his career, this guy has got, is in a position where he could come out of it as the greatest ever Scottish fighter, which is, which, you know, when you think about Ken Buchanan and guys like that, I mean, that would be absolutely a magnificent achievement, but he, he is on that cusp of that. And Jack Catterall is just another an, another body in a way that Jack Catterall, for me, I think if he had a fault Ramirez, I think he would have come up short against Ramirez. So for Taylor to have dealt with Ramirez the way he did, which I thought was sensational, by the way, I thought he was terrific that night. And he even hurt his hands and openly admitted that he, towards the end of the fight, he had to step off because his hands were hurting. So I suppose the only thing for me that Catterall can really get hold of is the fact that he knows Josh. He knows him quite well. He's Josh has come through injuries. He don't just come through a knee injury. That was why their first fight was was uh, postponed. I mean, he's mentioned that he thinks Josh Taylor's got a bit of a, a bit hot headed, but I think he's he, he needs that to go into fights for him to be to perform to the best of his ability. So I don't think that's a hindrance. And I think the other thing is is if Josh underestimates Jack, I think that's the only way Jack gets anything. But for me, you look at Josh's CV, mate. It's 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 the best in the business for me for British boxing in a minute. 
it's hard to argue against that. It really is hard to argue against it. And I suppose, like, we've got to put a little bit of a spin on how we think this fight could play out on both sides. You know, a little bit of a breakdown as to how these guys could beat each other. And going back to Jack, how does he beat Josh Taylor? I mean, look at his his boxing ability that he's got. He's going to be boxing a sublime boxer. If he tries to box his way through this fight... I think he's going to come up short because I think Josh Taylor is clearly evidently a a much better boxer. But does he try to rough it with him? Does he try to get on his chest? Does he try to adopt an approach that maybe Josh Taylor isn't expecting from Jack Catterall? It's not often you see Jack get in a fighter's face and on their chest because it makes the fights easy for him. He uses the distance, he steps in, he steps out, he uses a lot of lateral movement around the ring, he tries to confuse the opponents, he's naturally a southpaw fighter, so he's got a few advantages on his side here. But how does he beat Josh Taylor? What What is it he can do to beat him? Does, does he have to fight in a bit closer? Does he have to make Taylor work a little bit harder than what he's worked before? I, I'm 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 struggling to see how he how he gets on the inside and how he gets out without getting hurt. I, I want to see Jack do well personally, but I also know how much of a talented fighter Josh Taylor is, and it, 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 it's hard. It's hard for me to sit here and, and make a case for Jack. I'm not writing him off, but it's hard for me to make a case for him to say, well, I think Jack can do this or this to win the fight because I think whatever he tries to do in this fight, I think he's going to come up. Uh, against a really, really tough and skilled individual that I think is going to have the answers. And it sort of bleeds a little bit into prediction territory, this, because, you know, I don't want to just not go through a bit of a, an opportunity to talk about each individual and how they can fight, but I struggle to see how Jack wins this fight. I struggle to see what he does to win the fight. I'm with you. I mean, they're both southpaws. Uh, they're going to be a mirror, mirror image of each other. Um, I mean, Regis Progray was a southpaw. Um, and we see what, Josh did to him. Uh, I mean, I say did to him. That was a very close fight. It's a very competitive fight. One of the, I think we, we voted it as the best fight, uh, barring a new way's performance with Donair. But look, you know, that's that's a whole other ball game. But the fact is, is that just it's just there's too many advan- advantages that Taylor has going into this fight. Um, for me, if Catchell's going to beat Taylor, he's got to keep it long. He's got to try and keep it long. He's got to try to yeah to outbox him. Um, can he outbox Taylor? I mean. Josh has got ability to create spaces within the clinches. You know, he's got that beautiful way of sort of just manoeuvring himself with his shoulder and, in, and finding space. You know, he's got speed. I think he's, he's faster. I think his brain's a lot sharper. I think because he's because he's been there, he's, he's fought the best in the division, and it's, it's that's just only going to give him uh, more um, armor going into this fight. He's, he's a great counter puncher. He showed that against Ramirez when he put him down in, for one of them knockdowns. He can rough it in the trenches like he showed against Progray. There's just too many. There's too many things that Josh has in his in his armory that I don't think Jack Catchell is going to be able to just. If whatever Jack throws at him, I think Josh is going to just counter that with something. Jack may get a little bit of advantage he may find his way through sort of three to six minutes where he's he's managed to keep his range he's through shots and and josh may have missed a few because josh you know the one thing i would say is his defense isn't spectacular but his counter punching is and he's shown he's got a chin it's just every time you sort of counter anything with in in jack's favor i think you sort of automatically can counter that with what what josh brings for brings out of his bag out of his armory so look i I'll be honest with you, I think Jack needs to keep it 
quite long. If he goes to the trenches, I think he gets stopped. If he wants to go and fight, have a fight with him in the middle of the ring, I think he does get stopped. Um, saying that, Jack, I mean, he's not been tested, so we just don't know. Um, it's, it's a really interesting one because you just you don't know what Jack's going to bring. But I just think experience and who Josh has fought in the ring, I just think that all stacks against Jack. And uh, uh, for me, um, the Josh v. Jack battle, and I'm going to go with uh, Josh Taylor, I just can't see josh losing this fight i think he's going to put jack down i think jack's going to show a lot a lot of character and people are going to give him a pat on the back and say look you're going to come again son um when josh decides to move up i think he will become a, a world champion and this is the fight for him to prove that i think he gets through it i think he lasts the distance but i think he gets beat on points well, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I've already got it in my mind of how I think this fight goes. And again, I'm not being dismissive of Jack Cattrall when I say this, but I just think Josh Taylor is a special talent. And I think he's got the answers for everything Jack's going to bring to him in this fight. And I think Josh Taylor goes the distance with him. And that's one thing I will say is that Jack Cattrall, he lasts the distance in a lot of his fights. Josh Taylor goes the distance in a lot of his fights too. I think this is what we're going to see. We're going to see a little bit of a chess match here. I don't think we're going to see a war. I see. I think we're going to see Josh Taylor showing his sublime skills, showing that he is a level above Jack Catterall and that it'll be time for him soon to move up and, and chase them bigger fights in the welterweight division. But like you say, I think Jack will get a pat on the back. I think he'll show tremendous heart, tremendous ability and the, the, the level that he could could be a world champion one day and he is still in the position to be able to come again this is a fight where he if he loses you know it's it, to me it's a win-win fight no matter what no matter what happens for jack because even Absolutely. if he loses the fight people are going to look at it and go well it's josh taylor undisputed super lightweight champion you can't you can't argue that he's gone up against the best and he's lost that doesn't mean he won't become a world champion it just means he's challenged himself against the best but i think josh taylor wins it on points so that is the main event for Saturday night. And before we come into Sunday night's main event as well, we've got boxing on Sunday, if you didn't already know. Lawrence Coli is back defending his world title. But before we get into that, the undercard isn't spectacular. There is one fight on there that I, I found really interesting, and it's in the featherweight division. It's Rob C. Ramirez fighting Eric Donovan. I think that'd be going to be a great fight in the featherweight division. I think that's going to potentially be a show stealer for this show. I think Josh Taylor could make this fight look easy against Catrell and Robes Ramirez against Eric Donovan could actually be the standout fight of the night. So if you're looking at what undercard fights to tune in for, that will be the one for me. We've also got heavyweight Nick Campbell 4-0 against Jay McFarlane for the Scottish area heavyweight title. And then we've got a list of different debutants, uh, fighters that are early on in the career. Corey Gibbs at super lightweight, 16-0 against Carlos Perez. Another fight, another fighter to check out for. Uh, Paddy Donovan, 7-0 is also on here. So there's a lot of fights to be checking out this weekend on that particular card. But I'm now interested in turning our attentions to Sunday night. Sunday night boxing. We don't get much of Sunday night boxing anymore. But Lawrence Okolai is defending his cruiserweight title this weekend. And I'm really intrigued to see what happens for Lawrence. Because we know Lawrence, I don't think, has much longer left in the cruiserweight division before he eventually has to move up because of his natural size and, and, and his natural advantages. I think he, he is going to move up very soon. But is he going to get the big fight in the cruiserweight division? That That's the big question. But he's got to come through this test first on Sunday against the Polish fighter Chislek. I think that's going to be another telling factor 
about whether Lawrence Okolai is ready for that big fight against Marius Bradis. What do you think about Lawrence Okolai and his time in the cruiserweight division, uh, his reign as a world champion so far, and also whether he could beat Marius Bradis? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've spoke quite highly of Lawrence in sort of the last, the past year and a half. Um, he had a couple of, we've, we've always mentioned he had some stinkers, but I think he's adjusted now and I think he's now starting to show his promise. I mean, he's got a lot of power and he's, he's such a difficult frame, isn't he, to fight against. He's so gangly and rangy and and just, you know, you, you can't really fight on the inside because he gets... It just gets disgusting and dirty, doesn't it? Let's be honest. The whole fight turns into an absolute just mess. But he always he's, str- he's too strong, too big. You just can't handle him on the inside. You try and stay him on the outside. He's just going to jab you and wallop you with the right hand. He's just shown that in abundance in the last in his last few fights for me. Um, and he's the distancing has majorly improved. And, and and Shane's got to take huge credit for that because I think he has. He's, he's helped develop Lawrence Okoli into a, a more rounded fighter. Um, and he's not so naive and, and just terrible to watch. I think he's quite enjoyable to watch now. But I think the one thing about Mikel Silak is the fact that, you know, he's, he's a Polsky guy. You know, he's had 22 fights, had the one loss on his record. He's coming on the back, come out and at the back of a, what, first round KO or first round stoppage of that Kishanki, uh, whatever you want to call him. Um, look, he's fought a lot of the lot of time in Poland. Um, but, you know, it, Eastern European guys are tough. It's a cruiserweight division. It's never quite straightforward. I expect Lawrence to come through, but because we don't know too much about Silak, and the fact is he's knocked out 15 of his 22 opponents, it, it could cause him problems. I mean, Lawrence Akali's turning around saying he, he sees this as the hardest fight of his career so far. Um, so that's good to hear from him because, um, you know, I think he needs that attitude. Um, it, it's, 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 it should be a comfortable night for Lawrence. I think he's going to show once again his power, his strength and his technique is going to show uh, to be better and I think he comes through it but it's just a dangerous one. It's like the Mexicans coming over, you just don't know and Selec was a tough Polsky, you never know. Look, it, it, he's got a shot. So looking at this fight for me, Johnston, I look at it as in it's another progressive fight in the cruiserweight division. The biggest fight in the division is is obviously a coli versus Brady. So that's the fight that needs to happen yeah. for me in the cruiserweight division. And until we get to that, Lawrence has got to fight good opponents. Chislak isn't a good opponent. He, he, I've, I've looked online uh, at what the Polish journalists are, are saying about Chislak, and they're saying that he actually is the, their best cruiserweight that they've got at the moment. They, He is the best cruiserweight. The only loss on his record, as you mentioned, is to uh, Alunga Makabu. So it's not like he's... He's not like he's fought nobody. He's fought Macabre. That's his biggest fight on his record, and he lost on points to Macabre. So he's got the ability to cause problems for Lawrence Akole. But has he though? Has he with Akole's power and Akole's reach advantage and his height and and the way he, you know he's seemingly got these these crazy physical attributes that that seem to look so much different on fight night compared to compared to what you see in, in the press conferences and weigh-ins when you see him in the ring against these guys he just looks like a totally different fighter this is why i don't think he's going to last much longer in in the cruiserweight division but lawrence is obviously 17 and 0 much improved fighter as we've rightly pointed out he's he's He's, he's so much better than what he once was i mean for the last couple of years i'd say since 2019 he's really 
improved a lot under Shane McGuigan and I've liked his progression I've liked seeing where where he's going and that he is an improved boxer and he's a fantastic finisher and that's the one thing we need to remember the last five six seven of his fights are all ended by knockout or TKO because he's able to finish the fight he knows when to step on the gas he knows when he's got a fighter hurt and he's improved and fine-tuned the way in which he finishes fights. He's not as wild as what he once was trying to finish his fights. And that's what I've enjoyed seeing about him most recently. I do think he comes through this. I do think he gets another big win here. I do think he puts another stamp on the cruiserweight division. And surely, surely Brady's has got to take this fight. But for me, who else can Brady's fight other than Dortikos or Makabu? I mean, there's no other fights there for him. He needs Marius Bradis needs to fight Lawrence Colai. That is it for me. You look at yeah. look at look at the Dortikos fight he had in 2020. He beat he beat Dortikos in 2020 by a majority decision. And then in his last fight, Arthur Man in 2021, he beat him by TKO. He beat Cloacki in 2019, who obviously is a common opponent with Lawrence Colai, and Lawrence Colai destroyed him as well. So, you know, this fight has to happen before he can move up. I think. For me, it needs to happen. He, he he's got it's got to happen because Lawrence Coley needs to stamp his legacy in the cruiserweight division before he moves up. And as we know, Brady's holds the IBF version of a world title at the moment, so it's important that he gets this fight for me before he moves up. Even if he doesn't go on to say become undisputed cruiserweight champion, I don't think that's a possibility with the way he's moving up anyway, and 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 the fact that he'll probably be a heavyweight sooner rather than later. But he needs the Brady's fight before he moves up to heavyweight. He needs to get that title from Brady's. And he needs to show that he can hang it with the elite level fighters. And this is what we need to see. These are the questions that need answering. But first, he's got to come through Mikhail Sislak on Saturday or Sunday night, should I say. I keep forgetting it's a Sunday night fight again, even though I mentioned it earlier. Now, that one's live on DAZN. And the Friday, the Saturday night show is live on Sky Sports. Or you can find it at our friends on Daz TV. Go and contact them on Twitter and look at their their great services that they provide on there. And this is the main two fights of the weekend. Uh, looking at the rest of the undercard for Sunday night's show, uh, Jordan Gill fighting for the European featherweight title against Karim Guefe. Anthony Fowler's back in the ring. Fabio Wardley, Galalia Fai making his debut after coming off that successful Olympics. And we've also got Campbell Hatton on the undercard and the debut of the cruiserweight from the Olympics, Chevon Clark. So the undercard on this show seemingly a little bit better than the Saturday night show and and the offer in there but some great names on over the weekend some great fights on over the weekend have you got any thoughts on on any of these fighters returning to the ring and and especially obviously the Olympians in in Yafai and Shavon Clark that are making their debuts yeah I think uh Yafai um first debut professional fight is, is going into a 10 rounder uh for the WBC or international fly title uh straight into a title um i mean it's, it's a, one of them ridiculous ones but you know for a 10 rounder i mean i think the only one we've ever seen have a 10 rounder in their debut is probably lamenchenko i think he might have been 12 but i've never known that to happen obviously they're going to throw your fire straight in there and the fact is that this mexican uh there's you know we know how dangerous these mexicans are i know this 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 guy uh, uh bautista uh carlos vado bautista he, I mean, he's knocked out three uh, opponents in, what, 15 fights. But 
it's still tough and durable. Um, so it's going to be interesting if you fire can't get rid of him, how he goes when he's through the mid midway stage of his professional debut. Very fascinating and interesting insight into what they're looking to do with uh, your fire. And obviously Siobhan Clark, I'm really pleased to see Siobhan Clark uh, moving into the pro game. He seems quite excited from what I've seen. Uh, the only other thing I will say is on the uh, Taylor Catchall card is uh, that Kurt Walker is a guy I remember uh, from the Olympics and uh, just having a little peek into his amateur career. He's had near on 200 fights as an amateur, uh, Kurt Walker. So maybe an Irishman to look out for. He's 26 making his debut, but after what, I think 15, 16 years in the amateur game. So um, hopefully it works well for him. So yeah, they're the names I'm sort of looking out for after the main events. Well, that is the big fight preview for Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall, as well as Lawrence Okolai and Mikhail Sislak. Two great fights this weekend. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing how these two fights play out separately and, and how it changes the landscape going forward for their respective fighters' careers. Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, the main one for us. Can Jack Catterall upset Josh Taylor? We don't seem to think so. We don't seem to think so whatsoever. Not dismissing Jack, of course, but I think Josh is just a special talent. And I think he's going to show us once again how much of a talent he is. Lawrence Okolai, can he get that Brady's fight? If he looks good again against Sizlak, if he knocks Sizlak out, absolutely. There's no reason why Brady shouldn't take that fight. Unless he doesn't want to get in the ring with a coli, of course he doesn't want that. He doesn't <laughs> want that. He doesn't want that sauce. He doesn't want that sauce off a coli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Some great action. I'm looking forward to it. A couple of standout fights, which we've mentioned over the weekend, and that's about it for this big fight preview, guys. We'll be back with a reaction show at the start of next week to see what the outcome of these fights were, and of course, any standout performances, any controversies. We'll be covering it all. So, fight fans, thank you for listening. Find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Please subscribe and rate and review. Let us know if you have any thoughts on any of these fights this weekend. We do hope you enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.